Hi, and welcome to the Law of Positivism podcast. I'm your host, Shireen, and I'm the creator of Law of Positivism. I'm here to help you on your spiritual and healing journey. I am a certified yoga and meditation teacher, a student of Chinese medicine, a doula, a Reiki practitioner, and a passionate, highly sensitive person. I want to use my knowledge to channel information and messages for you to grow on all levels. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode. I'm super grateful that you're here, and I'm really so in love with all the reviews that I've received. Thank you so much. Um, they mean so much to me, and they help others find the podcast as well. So one of the reviews I got on iTunes is a beautiful one that says, I have just started my self-healing, self-finding journey. I love this podcast, how she makes the information easy to understand and to connect to. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you so much. Uh, this is really, really so beautiful. And I'm so grateful for everyone who takes their time to listen and to leave reviews and feedback to me. And I'm really excited about this week's guest. It's someone I've known uh, through Instagram for a couple of years. And uh, even though we live very far apart, um, we have similar interests and passions. And her name is Michelle Münch. And um, She's been into yoga uh, and into her yoga practice for almost 20 years now. And maybe you know her on Instagram. Her name is BananaBlondie108. And she has been teaching for the past 10 years now. And we get into her style of yoga, which is very deeply rooted in the feminine energy, the Shakti energy, which is very flowy and allowing and, and just beautiful. And she also want, wanted to make yoga very accessible for everyone because everyone doesn't have a yoga studio close by or can afford to go to uh, physical classes so she made an online platform on bananablondie.com where she has yoga classes and she just made it affordable and also to suit all levels so it's her work is beautiful and she has a, a deep passion to spread yoga and to inspire others and she has also been plant-based for many years now and we get into the the source behind her uh, lifestyle and also how it how yoga and food has helped her in her healing hi michelle welcome to the podcast hi thanks for having me so grateful that you're here and i'm super excited to talk to you we have a very big time difference, so it's very dark and cold here right now. <laughs> and oh it's my morning goodness. at yes. where you're at. <laughs> I'm just starting my day here. Wow. Yeah, it's beautiful in in California. I can assume it's it's getting very cold and dark here. We're entering the darkest uh, time of the year right now. Oh yes. Right we're before the up on it. 
Yeah. Before what the time does it get? What time does it get dark there? Because I feel like it gets so dark so early here, but I'm sure it's yeah. much earlier there. Yeah, it's around three three thirty. Oh my! It goodness. starts going down. <laughs> yeah, the sun sets very early. And my then goodness! It, yeah, it's amazing. So, but we we stay we tend to stay inside more and to go in more deeply when it's dark outside. So it has its positive sides as well. <laughs> For sure. Yes. Mm. I'm so happy that you're here. My first question is always uh, how you stay mindful and present. If you want to share that with the listeners. How I stay mindful and present. Um, mm. I would say it's for the most part, it's my yoga practice that's taught me that. It's pretty much my number one tool for life in general. Um, and it's, you know, oddly, I've never had a huge challenge with staying present. I just feel like it's, I don't know, to, to sort of live in the past or worry about the future. It's just very uh, energy consuming mm. <laughs> and time consuming. And, you know, I'm a mom and I have my own business. I'm busy. And so I don't really have you know, the time to sit around and lament upon that. So staying present is, you know, and then I also have the kids and the dogs and they're just mm. in the present moment, aren't they? So they're yeah. good teachers as well. Mm. Yeah, so true. And it's uh, very grounding as well. I can, I can. Oh, imagine. for sure. Yeah. For sure. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much. We've, we've known each other on Instagram for a while and oh, uh, yes. it, it yes. feels like we've been like Insta following friends exactly <laughs> I think it's so beautiful that that we can connect in this way we would never have met probably uh, oh, no. yeah no I've met the most amazing people from all over the world through uh, social media it's pretty yeah. it's pretty incredible it is and and you meet people that can inspire you and <clears throat> teach you in different ways so we have so many amazing like influences and we choose also what type of media to consume so i think instagram i mean it can you have you still have some type of um control sure. uh, what what you are looking at now, now there are ads and things like that but mostly you can follow uh accounts that inspire you and Absolutely. don't feel yet yeah, and don't, and just not be consumed by all other messages that that are coming through other uh, channels which can sometimes be very negative yes, or yeah. i agree that is the one of the beautiful things about instagram that has remained through all these yeah. years and changes with the platform that is yeah still, that is still true it's, yeah. it's so good. So we met there and I think uh, the listeners would love to know uh, who you are and what you do to start mm -hmm. with. Well, I live in Malibu, California, and mm -hmm. uh, I guess first and foremost, I always feel like I'm a mom <laughs> that mm -hmm. does other things on the side, mm -hmm. um, but I've been teaching yoga for about 15 years now, mm -hmm. uh, so I do do that. I have a website. It's called Banana Blondie Yoga, mm -hmm. and it's a platform in which I teach yoga, and we have members that subscribe to the site, and they have access to all the classes, and I also also help people transition to a fully plant-based uh, diet and a plant-based style of living. Um, I offer support for that. 
And, Mm. you know, I also talk a lot about different various health and wellness topics on my site. And yeah, that's pretty much what I do and how I spend my days is um, helping people be healthier, helping people be happier through yoga and healthy foods. Mm. That's everything I love. <laughs> so we, <laughs> have, know, yeah, we yeah, have a lot exactly. in common. Yeah, we are on the same page there for sure. Exactly. And I would actually love to know because uh, I think it's always mm-hmm. interesting to know how people got into yoga since you've been doing it for almost 20 years. I mean, that's a long time. So if you want to share that and what you were doing at that time. Sure. Well, I started practicing yoga about 20 years ago because I had terrible back pain from scoliosis. Mm. And so scoliosis is a gift I was given by my mother Mm. who has it (laughs) as well. And I always say that, and I know it sounds kind of silly, but Mm. I really am ultimately grateful for this um, challenge that I went through, this back pain that I have. It was quite debilitating for a couple years before I discovered yoga. Mm. And I had gone to, you know, doctors and chiropractors. I tried acupuncture and pills Mm. and like, you know, done all the things that you kind of do to to treat back pain and nothing helped um, at all until I had a massage therapist one day just say, well, have you ever tried yoga? And I was Mm. like, no. And I'm not the crunchy granola woo woo kind of, you know, Mm. yoga type person that you might think I am. Yes, I'm vegan, but I, Mm. um, you know, I say the F word a lot and I, Mm. you know, I'm not that girl. So I don't think I would have ever tried it, but Um, If anyone who's ever experienced chronic pain, um, you're kind of willing to give anything a go to get out Mm. of that, um, you know, dark cycle of chronic pain. So I was like, okay, so I remember buying you know, some, there were VHS videos at the time because it was 20 years ago. (laughs) So I remember buying these VHS videos on Amazon and uh, doing these really boring yoga videos at home. Mm -hmm. And I remember my first experience with the practice was, God, this is really hard. I feel frustrated and angry and I hate it. But (laughs) I was not in pain anymore. And it was almost immediate that the pain left me. So I thought after doing yoga a couple of times in these videos, I thought, well, hey, I've cured, you know, I don't need to do yoga anymore. And then the pain Mm -hmm. came back. And so pretty quickly, I realized that it needed to be a daily practice and a daily part of my life. And um, so that's what really kept me um, going with the practice was it was, you know, my motivation was the pain, you know, not being in that pain. Um, So Mm -hmm. ultimately, I learned to love it and kind of discover different styles of the practice that I genuinely connected with. Um, but yeah, and I think that's what brings a lot of people to the practice is that, you know, they're in some kind of physical pain or some kind of physical ailment. But Mm. the great thing now is that doctors are telling their patients, you know, Mm. go, go take a yoga class, you know, um, you're hearing that more and more, but that is what ultimately brought me to the practice. So I'm, I'm forever grateful for my, my curvy spine that, mm. <laughs> that that put me in pain for all those years. Yeah, that's beautiful. And and just first of all, like uh, moving through that and also beyond that. And and I think a lot of people are a little bit intimidated when they have never tried yoga and and are not feeling that 
they have the body or they have the ability sure. to practice it, but actually it's, it's everything that they need. I think just coming into the body and, and start working with it and not having, it doesn't have to have an end goal. It, it can be just to be present or it can be to try to um, alleviate any type of pain or discomfort or it can also be, I think a lot of people in, in today's society use yoga to um, cope with stress and sure. with, there's so much like there's, I think there's a million reasons to come into yoga. Yeah. And when you start, cause when I started, I, I did it to, to just uh, do something uh with meaning and purpose, but at the uh -huh. same time, just be present because I was living in a very stressful lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and, and I didn't know what it would do to me because I thought <laughs> I'm going to go there and just, yeah. And just relax for one and a half hours. And it was Iyengar yoga and it was very particular, but very particular. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it started like, and just being that, that mindful of every, like inch and every yeah. every little piece of your body it, it you become very present and then sure. that unlocks everything else so it's really just a gateway to something bigger oh, absolutely no matter yeah. what reason you come there's no wrong reason to come to yoga even if no. it's that you just want a cute tight yoga butt you know yeah that's that's exactly. i you know welcome that there's no wrong yeah. reason some people come to a yoga class because they're lonely you yeah, know and, exactly. and it's it's all beautiful and you may go mm. for a myriad of different reasons but mm. most people once you have a consistent practice you come away from it with so much more than you mm. ever imagined that you would you know yeah so Definitely. It, yeah. And I think if, if you are turning to yoga, it's still better than to turn to something where you numb yourself or you don't For stay sure. present, right? Absolutely. Because you, you have to deal with whatever you're feeling when you're in the practice. You do. So it's really hard to run away from yourself when yeah. you're practicing, I think. Um, so that's really beautiful. So you've been doing it for many, many years and how, how did it, because you practiced a lot of years for yourself, but then how did you move into transitioning into teaching? Well, once I, you know, once I really realized that once I saw what it did for me, mm. I, I kind of felt compelled to teach it. I felt like, well, other people have to know about this. And this is mm. 20 years ago. So yoga was, you know, it was fairly popular. It was still very popular 20 years ago, but mm. I just felt like other people needed to know. And I felt just, it just became obvious that this is what I had to do in my life. Um, mm. So, and I remember going to yoga classes and then I would start to, you know, you're not supposed to do this, but I would start to look around and I would have the, you know, the urge to, you know, give people assists and, and do things like that. Or I'd be like, oh, you know, this would be a really fun flow. And I started to practice on my own. And just when you're enthusiastic and passionate about something, you have to share it. It is not even a question. It's not, um, you know, when you discover something so powerful, it's not something that you want to keep to yourself at all. No, exactly. Yeah. So it was just a very natural sort of progression of, you know, well, this is amazing. Clearly other people need to know about this. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. It's amazing to share and to, um, yeah, help other people. I think 
most yoga teachers want to help other people to to sure, heal well, we and to it's grow. It's not really a career we get into because we think we're going to retire millionaires. From. No, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> we don't get into it for that. Most of us get into it and realize, oh, this might be kind of hard to make a living with. But you know, exactly, they, they have that passion for it. Yeah, yeah, and it's but it is it. It's not a job. It's a calling, and it's a for sure. Yeah, it, if to us, it's it's not oh now i have to go and work it's like you you when you teach you grow and you like i feel like in in the classes i get so much messages and so much insights and mm -hmm. so much like expansion through it and yeah yeah and the people that i meet there are also my teachers so yeah it's, it's really amazing interesting. and and just so you evolved also your yoga teachings into uh, going online. Maybe you want to tell the listeners more about how you work online with, with the yoga. Well, I, I originally back, I mean, I used to have a little yoga studio out in California years ago. And um, I, you know, I love teaching, but the, the ownership of the yoga studio and the stress that comes along with it mm. and the high, you know, rent and overhead, mm. it just kind of, um, it just kind of took away that, like the beauty and the love, my love of teaching, it kind mm. of distracted from that. And also I, you know, the online thing came about when, um, I started to see that yoga was becoming sort of. Uh, you know, like a rich stay-at-home mom kind of thing, that those were the mm. people that could go to classes, you know, you go to a yeah. 10 a.m. class and, and, you know, it became expensive, you know, $20 a class, $25 a class, you know, and I felt like the average person didn't have access to this amazing practice. And mm. I, you know, started to, you know, experiment with social media and I was on Instagram and I met a lot of other vegans that way. And a lot of these, um, people were really young and in college, or maybe they were stay-at-home moms and they had babies at home. They couldn't get out to classes and they couldn't afford, you know, whether it was time or, you know, money to, you know, really bring yoga into their lives. And I thought mm -hmm. that this was a really great way to make it accessible to a lot of people that wouldn't otherwise have access to really quality classes. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted to really be available to my students um, whereas in most online platforms, or if you're following a YouTube video that, I mean, it can be really mm. great, but you can't sit there and ask your teacher a question. So I have, no. you know, we have a forum on our site where they can ask me any question they want. And, you know, I'm on there every day. I'll answer, I'll make a video or just a mm. tutorial to answer the question in detail. And we do yoga challenges. So we have like this community and connection on there that I think you might not get on other platforms, but really the whole um, idea behind it was making it more accessible to people that wouldn't otherwise be able to, you know, be a yoga student. Mm. And it's for all levels. I Absolutely. Guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, oh, we got amazing. something for everybody on there. Even if you've never taken a yoga class, you know, I will walk you mm. through it and um, I will hold your hand and be your teacher. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I mean, there there are still smaller cities or out in the countryside uh, where it's not easy to find, find sure. uh, yoga studios as in the city. You can find one in every corner. So, I mean, for it's, sure, yeah. it's really 
it has to be i think the availability and uh, what you said like making it available to everyone so it doesn't become um a segregated thing or exactly. something that only a few people can uh, afford i think that's amazing sure. and just the reach also since you have a big reach a lot of people can it, because all teachers have different styles of yoga as well sure, and, yeah. and my style might not be for everyone and your style like i mean sure. you can find your tribe for uh, sure yeah for there's, there's a wide range out there for sure mm -hmm. and and you do have you you teach mostly uh, what i've seen it's you can you can describe your your style yourself it would be interesting <laughs> to hear how you you molded into it well, I would think that I would say that there's a lot of Shakti feminine energy infused mm. into my yoga style and classes. And that's just something that is innately me. And I think it's actually innate in every woman. Mm. And I think, um, you know, sort of cultivating this sort of sensual energy is really important, not just for each individual woman, but I think that... Um, you know, that divine feminine energy is really what is kind of missing in the world today. Mm. We've, the, the, our culture has really focused on this masculine energy. We've been a patriarchal mm. society for a really long time. And that is necessary too. It's not to say that masculine energy is bad and feminine energy is good, but we need both, right? We mm. need that balance in the world. Our intelligence and our, our intuition is just as important as our intelligence, right? So those mm. feminine energies are just as important. We need both to balance it out. So I think that cultivating this energy on our mat and in our own being and then bringing it out into the world, using it to raise our children with, you know, having more compassion in our government and our politics. That's a little bit what's missing. So I think yeah. that I, I think that that's how I would describe the, mm. <laughs> the yoga. It's that we're not doing a lot of really, um, you know, hard, you know, tons of vinyasa and like this mm. really, you know, go energy. I mean, we do have very challenging and strong flows, but there is maybe a little bit more of a feminine uh, quality to it. Mm. Yeah. I love that. And, and that perspective <laughs> too, because you're right now when we, um, I mean, in, I think in the ancient texts, if I remember it correctly, I think uh, Lord Shiva is the is the god of yoga but if i'm not incorrect i think it was uh, parvati that uh, taught him uh, and uh, the goddess and um, in now if we look back into the yoga tradition that has been uh, for the last centuries and especially from uh, maybe end of uh, the last century um or the not the last century, the century before that, the mm -hmm. late 1800s and early 1900s, uh, we see a lot of um, male uh, yeah. teachers and gurus. And yes. those are the ones that we can find in the yoga studios as yes. we look up to them. And, that, and they were teaching very young uh, boys to to start developing these uh, physical uh, 
control, uh, controlling and also uh, cleansing methods and all of this. And, and it, it, I think taking it to the more flow that, that does represent the divine feminine energy and the yes. Shakti power, you're completely... Uh, right with that yeah I, I mean our traditional yeah. gurus were you know typically male we've got Iyengar mm. and we've got yeah. you know um, Patabi Joyce Patabi and Joyce, we've got yeah. all of that those are very um, masculine lineages if you mm. if you ask me and I think that yeah. they're I think that they're wonderful um, but there's space in there you know like Ashtanga is a very it's a system right it's mm. just a it's a set series of postures it's you know very um, well defined and yeah. uh, you know and I am drawn to something that's a little bit more fluid and moldable and mm. I think you know, there's something out there. Like you said, there's something out there for everyone. So if somebody yeah. goes to a yoga class and they're like, I don't like yoga, and they've been to one yoga class, <laughs> it's like, well, you know, I mean, it, mm. it's it's really hard to assess like what it really is because it is so broad and there is so much out there. And, you know, mm. just yoga within itself is there's so much to offer. I mean, you can go really deep into the practice and learn about all the different deities and, you know, mm. I, I, you, you know, or you can kind of cherry pick, you know, it's like a big mm. the and you can kind of pick, you know, what you want to incorporate into your life and your practice. Um, yeah, definitely. And I think as we change also, and we, I mean, if you, if you've practiced for 20 years, your preferences will go up and down and, and your, sure. you change, your body change, circumstances change. And maybe in the beginning you do want like a more workout type of like you, you want to feel that you have been practicing something in your body, oh, but maybe, sure. yeah, maybe later I, I teach yin yoga and also yin and yang, like mm -hmm. yin yoga is, is being completely passive and, and not, and just surrendering into your body. And I think that's also the aspect of the divine feminine to release sure. the need to control and, um, yes, to surrender. Yeah, to surrender, and and the mo more um, if if we take Ashtanga for example, which is the the there's an ease in it because you know what's coming. <laughs> exactly, it's yeah. the same, and you become very like mindful in that way. And sure. I I can I can if I just would describe it in one way, I would say that's like the Capricorn energy and it's very structured yeah. and, oh, yes. and patient and, and that's a beautiful aspect. And then we have your flow, which is more with, it has to do maybe more, more with Venus and fl flowing yeah, and intuition it. cancer. Yeah. It's, and, and th these are all aspects within us and we have to find a balance. But if we are living already a very, uh, very hectic and uh, young energy life, maybe we need to counter that with something that will balance us. Exactly. I definitely, definitely agree with that. Yeah. And I th also one, one aspect as yoga teachers, I want to hear about your, I think it's important that we listen to the body um, sure. because it, in, in yoga, you can see a lot of, complicated um, uh, postures and and things like that but we need to work with the body before sure trying because it's so easy to hurt yourself as well if you push yourself you have to listen yes. so how do you how do you 
when you're creating your flows, how do you uh, incorporate that? For me particularly or with students in mind? Both. Like how, how is your, um, yeah, how, how do you think about that? I, I think also if, since you're doing it online, maybe um, there will be so many different levels and so many there different. There are, yeah. yeah. So there's so many different levels. And this is true whether you're teaching online or whether you're teaching a public class. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the class, you know, if you teach a public class, it might be labeled intermediate or level three. And you can come to that class and have a plan, but you can guarantee that there's going to be still a wide range of like people coming with different backgrounds and bodies and levels and you have to be able to modify. So just giving options and modifications. And um, I also have, you know, videos on the site where I teach how to give, you know, how to modify different things just so you get Mm -hmm. a general knowledge. Um, But yeah, you always have to allow for that in those practices. And I think the, the one thing with like more Ashtanga style of practicing is there is less uh, molding the practice to the person. It's more about mm. molding that person to the practice. You know, if mm. that poses you head to knee, you, you're going to get your head to the knee in that class and your teacher's mm. going to come over and he's going <laughs> to move your body into that, mm. into that posture. So it's, it's a little less like that and more, you know, modifying. And we always have, you know, so many people that come to the practice and on our sites and, you know, I've had people come and say like, I've have this, injury, I had surgery on my wrist and I will make Mm. a class for them. And it's on the site that says no wrist yoga, or I've Mm. had uh, someone with a brain injury on the site that couldn't do any type of inversion, you know, nothing. Mm. And so we create a practice for that person. Those are all there. So I actually really love um, tailoring a class to a particular need, you know, whether it's, Mm. you know, a flow that's created for someone who is experiencing PMS or on their menstrual cycle or whether they're pregnant Mm. or um, whether they're experiencing pain in their bodies or something, you know, I also do, you know, guided meditations and stuff or Mm. different things like that. So I really, I really love that aspect of it that you can kind of tailor things to what somebody needs. Mm. And I think as the practitioner becomes, you know, more experienced, you, you really the great part about yoga is that you really do get to know your own particular body and what it needs. And you, you begin to learn how to uh, modify the practices. And as always, as a teacher, we're, we're there to like guide, but anything a teacher tells you to do or leads you to it, it's just a suggestion, right? Like, it's not mm. like we're commanding you know, things no. to do. And, you, you know, it's just a suggestion and you can take it or you cannot take it. Mm. Yeah, so true. It's very important. And, and besides the yoga and being in nature, which I see that you also love, um, yes. the, the food aspect, I think what, so to me, we, yoga is a way to like create oneness within ourselves in all of our layers of the body. And the most manifested layer of our body and the most tangible one is our physical body. Sure, yeah. And I think that there is um, sometimes a misconception regarding, or not a misconception, I think there is not enough uh, consciousness and awareness that actually what you eat does Mm -hmm. also affect 
how you feel and how you how you are in your practice but also if you are because i know a lot a lot of people are on their spiritual paths and um food is vibration everything sure. we put into our, like everything is vibration everything is made up of frequency and sound and and uh, yeah. waves mm-hmm. so i think like also in yoga in the different limbs the ashtanga yes. uh, paths there is a, um some ahimsa. point yeah <laughs> exactly ahimsa but also like cleansiness and and that you sure, take care of yourself yes exactly yeah. and and uh, so that yeah that just leads me into into your lifestyle with because you are passionate about food and you have been plant based for many years and uh, how did that interest start for you Well, interestingly, I it was very closely tied to my yoga practice. So, mm. um when I began practicing yoga, I was, you know, like 22, 23. I guess I was 23 mm. years old, so 20 years ago. Oh my gosh. Mm. <laughs> And at the time I was not leading a healthy lifestyle. I was not mm. eating healthy. I was partying a lot and drinking and drugs mm. and you know, all the stuff that, you know, wild <laughs> 23-year-olds get into. So I mm. was doing all of that and I I didn't feel good, you know, I had pain in my back. I just I wasn't in a good place. And then because of the pain, I started to practice yoga. And then I pretty soon noticed that I didn't really desire to go out to clubs anymore and I didn't mm. really desire to drink anymore and I I mm. stopped smoking. I was a smoker and um And when I did my first yoga teacher training uh about 15 years ago, I a little more than 16 years ago, during that time I stopped wanting to eat meat and mm. I didn't know why. I it wasn't a conscious choice of like uh this is bad for me, I'm not going to do it and I wasn't thinking this is ethically wrong, I'm not going to do it. And I certainly wasn't clued in on the environmental impact of eating meat. So it just became mm. something that was unappealing to me. And so I stopped eating, you know, chicken, fish and beef and all, you know, pork, all all the land animals and I I still kind of clung on to uh seafood and fish because I believed that it was very healthy for me and necessary. Mm-hmm. Um so I was still eating those things although they were much less appealing to me. And then it wasn't until so it wasn't until I watched I guess the documentary Forks Over Knives um which mm. went deeply into the science and the health aspects of the foods that we eat and I was like it opened my eyes and so I began to research more and read things like the China study and whatnot and I came to the conclusion well okay well now I'm feeling like I don't really need to do these things so why am I So I stopped eating um all animal products and I felt really good. So mm. there was some health issues that I had had for a long time. You know, I used to get migraine headaches. Um mm. I had suffered with eczema since the time I was born basically. Mm. Um and I, you know, just had a little aches and pains in my body. My knee hurt and my shoulder would always have inflammation in it and it would just always, you know, some days my shoulder would be bothering me and all those things went away and they went away pretty quickly and mm. I felt really good. I had more energy. I was just happier. I began to think more clearly and 
I attribute that to the change in my diet. And Mm -hmm. after that, it wasn't long before I um, connected with the ethical side of it. And I realized, well, you know, why am I, why am I doing, why am I feeding my children these foods? Like, why am I participating in this? Why am I, why should an animal have to die so that I can wear a pair of shoes? And, you know, and all of these things started to, you know, just come into my consciousness. And I was like, well, I don't want to do this anymore. If it requires harm, then I just am not interested because I just don't want to. So it was kind of like a long but natural progression. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely think the, the driving force behind it was my yoga practice. And just, as you said, like when your yoga practice is to connect with yourself, um, but not just yourself to really everything, which, you know, you're kind of the microcosm of the, you know, the whole universe, right? So when you begin to cultivate that connection, um, that, you know, that sense of oneness and that sense of, I'm not really different than, the dog in my house or, you know, the chicken at the factory farm or the tree in my backyard, we're kind of all that same vibration and energy. Um, so it just became, well, I think once you feel that connection, it just, your ability to cause harm in that way just leaves you at least that, that was the, that was the way it happened for me. Mm. And it was just, just became apparent and, there was no going back. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So it was a way for you to heal, but also uh, to to be more conscious. I, I think a lot of things we do unconsciously in sure. life yeah, and we sure. do it. Yeah, we're programmed. So yeah, we um, do things because it's the way it was always done and we don't mm. question it. And I, and I never did. I mean, I wasn't born vegan or like, you know, mm. with this, you know, with these thoughts in my mind and I, it didn't ever bother me to see, you know, I, I knew that animals were killed billions of them every year. And like, it's just the way it was. And I thought mm. that, well, that's the way it has to be because we have to eat these things to survive and it's the circle mm. of life and that's how it is. And then, you know, uh, once you come to that awareness that that's not the way it has to be, then I don't know. It was just, it was that not everybody has, everybody comes to this sort of lifestyle or realization in a different way, you know, but this was mm. just the way that I, arrived at it and it was just it just felt like well this is you know obvious now so there was no Mm. going back and we definitely have a very green trend here in sweden i would say and uh, Uh, yeah you guys are leading the way here you guys are doing good things out there (laughs) yeah we have greta thunberg who is i know the spokesgirl spokeswoman for everything green and um we I think also we have stayed like Swedish people, even if, if people are not that, uh, spiritual, like in a larger scale, very, very like based in, in the physical, but very, very, I would say nature worshiping, because even if you don't realize it, but everyone is always out in nature, like People right. love to be out in nature here. Uh, yes. We bike everywhere. We uh, walk. Like it's 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 not common to to have a car when you live in the in the capital. So it's um, that's amazing. Yeah, and and if I compare, uh, I think I I stopped having dairy. 
uh, it was back in 2011 because I started getting like my body started reacting to it actually and yeah. and now I've found out that most people are actually not tolerant to dairy but we're not supposed to have dairy after we have got it from our mother so um, a lot of people there's some people that have uh, or some groups of people that have developed maybe the sense to it, it I mean here in Sweden it was really hard for people to get uh, nutrition in the winters uh, so maybe they grew more tolerant to it but I have Middle Eastern roots yeah. so mm -hmm. I definitely couldn't have it anymore and I think back then it was really tough because I didn't have so many choices but now I think first people think it's like a hurdle to yeah. uh, come over to 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 learn what to eat but uh, I always say now there's so much we have everything Oatly is, is Swedish also we have I know I was just thinking of that I have three cartons of it in my fridge yeah. right now <laughs> me too it is, the it is literally the in milk. the coffee I drank this morning it is the best yeah. thing to come out of Sweden let me tell it you that is. and Greta that and Greta yeah. it, it, it really that is, is and so stuff. important it's so good too so it's like tasty and yeah and and um and there's some like I, what I've heard now is that because here Christmas ham is very popular oh, or yeah. it has been popular. But I think like last year there was so much ham that was not oh. bought. And, oh. and so here in Sweden, it's like starting to have these uh, like green uh, Christmas dinner parties because there's there's so much now in December, like Christmas we call it that Christmas is awesome. table. Yeah, and it's green and, and plant-based. And um, I think people are, are maybe for some people it's more a trend, but uh, for That's a lot of fine. people... That's fine, I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. That trend. I mean, it has an impact on, on the environment. And I, I don't think that everyone uh, will ever like just stop completely, but even just reducing it, uh, people will make a difference. So some people yeah. are really attached. Uh, I think when you become vegan, then it's hard to think what to cook that is not vegan. I think it's really the yeah. opposite. And when you start uh, the vegan journey, it can be hard to... I think it's just our mind that that because I think vegan food is much easier to cook. I, I think oh, that's, certainly it is. Yeah, and anywhere you are, I mean, you just Google vegan recipes, like mm. you're gonna get millions of of yeah. options there. And it's like it's just for the vast majority of us that live in modern society, it is very easy to be vegan. And mm. I'm not, you know, listen, I want the whole entire world to be vegan, of course, but mm. I'm not about telling indigenous people in like. No remote parts of the world that they have to stop their fishing villages and stuff. You know, mm. listen, I'm talking about the people that have iPhones and are listening to this podcast and live mm. in like a modern society where they mm. can go to a grocery store and they can make the simple choice of buying the plant milk over the dairy milk. Like it is essentially pretty easy. And 
you don't need to buy these like fancy, you know, beyond burgers and stuff. I mean, those are great. I love that they're there and they're available and they're making it easy, but it's like you, you know, the, the basics, the beans and the rice and the potatoes and sweet potatoes and oats and fruits and veggies. It's like, that's the bulk of like what we should be eating. That's what we're designed to eat. And most of that is relatively affordable and easy mm. to prepare. You don't have to be a world-class chef to cook a fucking mm. potato. You know what no. I mean? It's, <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty doable. Mm. So, you know, it just takes that, but there is, you're right. There is like, there's a lot of emotional attachment to foods. You know, we associate mm. foods with comfort and home and childhood and memories. Mm. And like, it's just can feel very violating when somebody mm. threatens that or wants to take that away from you. But mm. the truth of the matter is, it's like, we have to change. This mm. is not an option. We are in the middle of a mass extinction right now. Hundreds of species are going extinct every single day. And mm. this, the we have to change our, our food you know, program like this is, it's mm. not sustainable. And it is so mm. not sustainable that there we're, we're reaching or fast approaching that no turning back point, right? Mm. We're, we're not going to be able to fix it even if we try. So this is happening mm. right now. This is the most important issue that our world faces right now is this climate change issue. We are mm. going to be one of the species that becomes extinct if we don't do something now. And we mm. cannot fix this problem without getting rid of animal agriculture as it is today. We can't mm. fix it. So mm. the earth is going to be okay. Mm. If we don't change, we will go extinct and then the earth will recover afterwards. Exactly. Extinct. That's but, what I always say. <laughs> yeah. If we don't want to just become another species on this list of mass extinction, we've, we have to change. So mm -hmm. it's just, it's not a matter of like, oh, you know, it's, you know, it, we, we've got to do this and we've got to do it basically yesterday, <laughs> mm. you know, so there is an urgency with it, you know, yeah. so it, whether it's a trend or people are doing it for the environment or if they want to like look good in their bathing suit this summer, just like there's no mm. wrong reason to come to a yoga class. There's no wrong reason to eat more plants and less mm. animals. Like, exactly. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll yeah, take definitely. It. And, and like you said, it's, we're in a time where over these past decades so many changes and uh, i think we all grew up with very artificial foods and um, yeah. and i've i've been i i stayed in in uh, the us for a year and i think and i've been there visiting as well i think what i see in the grocery stores there if if it's not whole foods in these places it's really yeah. It's really uh, an industry. It's not food. It's it's not. It's not food. It's not no. real. It's it's no. like man-made stuff that is not from the earth. And and Mother Earth gives us what we need. And um, I think one of the issues is also that we like we have done so much to the soil that it's it's not. Uh, really rich anymore as it was and we need to uh, sure. get that back as well and I think since you've been a, a, a vegan for a very long time th there is certain things that we are not getting from the soil that is very also important to supplement you you use supplements I guess to 
I, use, B- I definitely mm-hmm. take a B12 and everybody yeah. should be taking B12, exactly. whether you're vegan or not. It's not, yeah. a, it's not a vegan issue. No. It's just, they say something like, and don't quote me on this, but it's like 40% mm-hmm. of people are, you know, deficient yeah. in B12. And that's not, listen, 40% of people are not vegan. <laughs> so no, exactly. that tells us that it is not a vegan issue. You know, mm. originally we were supposed to get our B12 from the soil. It's a bacterial yeah. in the soil, but because it is depleted and we're not, you know, we're not, you know, getting our food from the earth. And, you know, even when we do get it, like we're washing it really well. And like, it's, it's just mm. not, we're not going to get enough B12 the, the natural way. So we do have to supplement and listen that, you know, people say, well, if you have to supplement, then it's a deficient diet. But whether you're eating animals or you're taking a B12 supplement, you're taking supplemented B12 because the mm-hmm. animal's food is supplemented with B12 because mm-hmm. they're not getting it naturally. So you're just, mm-hmm. if you're ingesting animals, like you're just kind of, you know, you're, you're, you've got a middleman in there, right? So you mm-hmm. may as well just take the supplement yourself and not have to eat the animal and uh, contribute to all of that. Um, mm. Yeah. And we, uh, now that I'm st- studying also, there, there is a, there is a thing in the, in the stomach that is, like intrinsic factor it's very important to be able to uh, produce this in the body and um, I think the older you get that becomes harder so it's a lot of elderly people that don't that become very deficient uh, and it's very important for the body so it's very unique it's just like uh, uh, vitamin d as well it's like you need it it's it's very it's not like other vitamins uh, you need to have it in a specific way and f- and also very important for the body and we supplement here in sweden we need to supplement a lot and i think a lot of people are not and you become depressed and you become very tired when it's dark since we're not getting that sunlight on our skin and right. uh, yeah so it's just being conscious i think that's what i wanted to to it's it's the food we eat but also uh, the thoughts we feed ourselves with, it's uh, being aware. Actually, the more you become conscious in your body, you also, I've, I've actually developed a lot of sensitivities because it's not that it's, it's a bad thing. It's just that I react easily because I know it's not good for my body. So I, I can't, yeah, I can't yeah. take like artificial no. perfumes and, and and these chemicals on my skin i i i can't it's just like yeah. i just it just yeah it's not good so i think um the yoga is it, it creates so much more within us and around us for sure yeah, yeah. i'm the same way with uh you know, I, everyone's like, Oh, you're so good. And you're so disciplined with your eating. And I'm like, Mm. well, I just like to feel good. And I know Mm. like if I go eat a bag of chips, like I'm not going to feel good. (laughs) No, exactly. And I will regret it immediately. And I am just like, I really do like to feel good. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's self-love and self-care. So that's, that's really good. And you, you get to that place when you, when you, work with yourself and become very conscious and that can take years and it's not something that you force upon yourself it comes naturally when you start um 
peeling off everything, all the old layers and letting yourself go into that uh, healing process, which is not easy, but it's uh, very important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, so lovely. I'm so, the time has just went by so fast. I know. I can't believe we've been <laughs> chatting for this long. It's great. I'm so glad we got to chat because it's like Me we've known too. each other. We've been Insta friends for years. Yeah. We've never actually spoken live. Exactly. This is amazing. But you do have, like, it feels like uh, since you also have a lot of videos and, and you talk a lot, yeah. which I don't do so much uh, up until now. Yeah, um, you're a mystery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm out I've been there. hiding. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's so great to follow. And I, I know that you have a big YouTube uh, account as well where you share a lot of different things. Too, oh, yes, right? there's a yeah. lot on there. Just it's mm. a it's a bl black hole of. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I love that that you're sharing so much. I think it's very valuable for people, and yeah, it's it's inspiring. And I I love to see uh, pictures on the beach because I love the beach, and I I haven't been there for a long time, and you oh, have the luxury yeah. of, of being there. So it's it's really uplifting thank you so much for your oh, work good. i will keep sharing those beach photos <laughs> yay thank you you're very welcome and thank you is is there anything else you want to share and how people can find you actually because you have your oh, platform and everything yeah. so i'm banana blondie 108 on instagram mm -hmm. i'm banana blondie mm -hmm. 108 on youtube and my website is banana blondie yoga <laughs> yeah everything banana blondie bananas and i like bananas yeah <laughs> so good and i will also share all your links in in the uh, in the episode uh, oh, show awesome. notes awesome. yeah i can't I'm wait to so share happy. with my viewers about this podcast i'm sure yeah. they'll love to watch it thank you so much for joining i'm so happy okay, that we too. got this opportunity and just continue with the lovely work that you're doing you too you too thank you so much right. thank you, you have a lovely day thank you you too you right. I'm, I'm going to bed soon so you have oh, a lovely that's right. <laughs> sweet lovely day <laughs> thank you so much all right bye-bye bye-bye thank you so much for listening i hope this episode was helpful and that it can help you on your journey and also Maybe if you haven't started any type of yoga practice, uh, maybe start by checking out Michelle's different platforms and see if you can find anything that can fit you and your lifestyle. And in the show notes, you will find all the links to Michelle uh, if you want to check her out or to contact her. And I really hope that you have an amazing week and an amazing and lovely day and I just want to close with a breath together so breathe in through your nose and exhale through your mouth namaste